Beautiful. Okay, well, Adam read the scripture that I was going to read this morning, of course. Um, and this is where we're finding ourselves right now. At this moment, right in this, uh, right in the middle of this beautiful word. And the anointing is inside you. The Holy Spirit is inside you. The anointing is here. Right here, inside you. Some will say yes, I agree. Thank you, Father. Right here. Living on the inside. There's good tidings to the poor. Healing for the brokenhearted. Liberty for those who are captive. The opening of the prison of those who are bound. The proclamation of the acceptable year. Because now is the acceptable year. This is the year. Not only is it the year, it's the day. It's the day. Today is the day. This moment is the day. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? To comfort all who mourn, mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, and to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. That's you, trees of righteousness. Beautiful. The same spirit, the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. The very same spirit. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Isn't it beautiful that he lives on the inside of us? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It says the hope of glory is inside of you. The hope of glory is on the inside of you. Rivers, do you remember what Jesus said? Rivers of living water, streams of living water are going to flow from inside out. It's you, that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And that same anointing that flows inside out is inside of you to heal you, to bring you wholeness. Complete wholeness. Complete restoration. Not partial. You don't have to wait to heaven. Heaven has come to the earth. It's come to the earth inside of you. Heaven is there. Thank you, Lord. I want to talk about the two, um, the two disciples, just briefly. I'm not going to talk very much. I know you've heard me say that before. But I'm not going to talk very much this morning. Because I want to talk about the two disciples that were walking on Emmaus Road. And of course, Emmaus means hot springs. And of course, they didn't feel very hot as they were walking down that, that pathway. Because what they'd just seen was huge 
trauma. They'd just gone through a huge trauma. And of course, we know from the account when Jesus was talking to them that they were sad, they were downcast, they were walking away from that trauma. Whatever, wherever they wanted to go, they wanted to go away from it. They didn't want to stay close to it because they'd seen Jesus crucified. They'd seen their best friend. Now, just, just think about this. This is the most gracious man that ever walked the face of the earth. The most beautiful man that ever walked the face of the earth. And they had been with him. And they'd heard the words. And they'd seen the life. They'd walked and talked with him. They'd handled him, if you want. And they'd listened to beautiful things that he'd said about the future. They'd listened to wonderful things about the Father. They'd heard fantastic promises. And as they walked with him, with him, they were amazed. They were in awe of what this man Jesus was like, what he could do. And then, in front of their eyes, he was taken and crucified before them. Can, can you imagine that? I, th I, think, I think sometimes we need to imagine it. We need to think about it. The most gracious, beautiful person that ever walked the earth was taken by cruel hands and crucified. And of course, as they're walking away from Jerusalem, they are thinking of all these things. These things are going around in the thoughts, in the mind. They're seeing the pictures of it played again and again. They have the memories of it that are replaying again and again. And it's very hard to pre-play the future when you're replaying the past. It's very hard, isn't it, to pre-play the future. It's very hard to get into the future when you're replaying the past all the time. But you see, your imagination is to pre-play the future. It's to walk into the future. So anyway, they're walking along, and we know that as they walk in, they're sad, they're downcast. They're feeling disappointment. They're feeling defeated, probably. They're feeling a lot of Ds. That's the only way I can say it. I wrote here, discouraged, defeated, disappointed. They're just, they're just in a bad place. They're downhearted, and they're walking away. And Jesus comes alongside them. So you got the picture, and we've talked about it uh, a lot. But they'd lost a best friend. And I just put here, have you lost someone, do you? Have you lost something, do you? Do you feel as though you've lost a part of you somewhere? Has something happened? What has gone on? What has really gone on? What's been going on with you? Where are you? Because, and this is the good news, if you're feeling any of those things, you can give him your ashes. You can give him your ashes. And today what we wanted to do is not only... Um, 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 it's, if you can think with your heart, okay? As I'm speaking, think 
with your heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Think in your heart. Let your heart go. Let your heart do the thinking because that's really the person that you are. You are a heart person. Think with your heart because your mind wants to tell you all sorts of things if it's not renewed. And for most people, the minds are not renewed. So you have all these thoughts and feelings and difficulties going on there. But in your heart, your heart is a freeway to the heart of God. So think with your heart as I'm speaking. Let your heart go towards what I'm saying. Do you understand me? I, I, I'm just saying, seeing your faces. But I know as I'm speaking, my heart is speaking to you. It's not my mind that's speaking to you. It's my heart that's speaking to you. So if you can receive with your heart, then actually your heart will begin to move and transform your mind. So they also had lost the dreams. They disappeared overnight. The, the, hope, the hope of the future had disappeared. It had gone. They were so disappointed, they probably couldn't even speak straight. I don't, I, you know, think straight. I don't, I don't know what was going on with them. But I know they were in a bad way. So defeated, they wanted to give it all up. So in pain that they probably, I, I thought about this, you know, some people are so in pain that they need more pain to conquer the pain they're in. That's, that's what happens with lots of people. They're so in pain that they actually need more pain to conquer the pain that they're feeling. Give your ashes to him. Give your ashes to him. Give him all these things. Give him these thoughts. You know that one day, I don't know if I ever told anyone this, but there was a day some years ago when I looked off the back of a boat and I was, uh, I was on a boat and I looked off the back of the boat and I thought, no, no one will see. No one will know. I'll just slip away quietly. Honestly. It was a really one of those moments because there was so much pain that I felt that that's how I felt in that moment. I just wanted to slip away. And there's lots of people that feel like that, that carry these things, that carry this kind of heaviness, this kind of pain inside. You've got to give your ashes. Give your ashes. Have you lost the, your dream? Do you feel like it's gone? You feel like disappointment has hit you, like you've never known before. So defeated you wanted to give up. You know, give him your ashes. I was thinking about this as well. I've, I've, John, John 20 is a, is a beautiful, beautiful, I mean it's all beautiful, isn't it? But John 20 is, um, it says this, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalena went to the tomb early, while it was still dark. So Jesus, presumably, is in the tomb. And she went there to visit, and it's dark. It's heavy. It's dark. You know, one of those, one of those days where it just feels bleak. Can you imagine what it felt like for her? 
he realized that she was the 12th apostle. She was really, she was really one of the apostles, Mary Magdalena. They got it completely wrong by doing whatever they did. Mary Magdalena was the one that loved Jesus with all her heart. She'd seen him, she'd been with him, she'd walked with him. She absolutely loved him. And of course, she, she went there and she had to look down. This is what it says. It's verse, um, we'll go to verse 10. Because Simon and John had been there and they'd now left. But Mary's there, and it says, But Mary stood outside by the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. Well, I've, I've, I've been to lots and lots of funerals, um, crematoriums, you know. And it's one of those places that people don't like to go. But somehow we all find ourselves having to go to that place at certain times, even though we don't like it. And it's nearly like, I don't really want to be here. I don't want to be reminded. Reminded of what? Reminded of this total illusion. It's a complete illusion. It's a lie. It's a complete lie. And what do I mean by that? I mean, actually, there is no death. <gasps> there is no death. Of course, there is a, a bodily death, but you are more than your body. You are more than your body. You know that you do, you do reside in this body, but you don't really reside in this flesh. You reside inside this tent, and there's much more to you than meets the eye. There's more goodness, there's more glory, there's more grace, there's more life, there's more power. Inside this tent of yours is full of life. And this illusion of death is just that, it's an illusion. But she stoops down, feeling the weight of it all, I have no doubt. Feeling the sadness, the disappointment, the grief, the pain. But this tomb was the womb of a new creation. You understand that? This tomb was the womb of a whole new creation. Because Jesus did everything when he died and rose again. Jesus did absolutely. She looked in there, not knowing what she's going to see. Not, not, she, she, she just thinks it's going to be darkness. But what does she see? Two light bearers. Two light bearers. Glowing and glistening in beautiful glory. Huh? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine what she's looking at? And she looks at him and has, has this conversation. And this is what they say. They, they say, woman, why are you weeping? You see, because in, in their thinking, in their hearts, there is no place for this 
crying. They don't understand it. Why are you weeping? And, and you know what Jesus says? Jesus comes along. You know what he says? Because she's talking to them. And then it says, she turned around. And there was Jesus in front of her. And she supposes this. She supposes this. She supposes that he's the gardener. And of course, he is the gardener. He's the gardener. He's the one that takes the ashes and puts them all around your beautiful heart, sprinkles them into the soil that is around your heart and causes flowers and beauty to come out of your heart. She's talking to these two men and she turns around and supposing that Jesus is the gardener, Jesus says this, woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? Did you not understand? You see, it wasn't a shock to Jesus that he'd risen from the dead. Do you understand me? He didn't suddenly go, ooh, ooh, what am I doing? How am I here? How did this happen? It wasn't a shock to him. He knew that that was going to happen. He knew that he was going to rise from the dead. And he knew that when you gave your whole life to him, as you have, he knew in that moment there would be an activation on the inside of you that filled you with life and glory. And that you would also be raised from the dead. It actually says that one died so that all, all might be resurrected. Ooh. Oh, hey. What the heck does that mean? But it means that everyone, no one's going to die. You understand me? It's a big illusion. No one's going to die. Everyone is going to live. And how all that works out, well, thankfully that's in his hands. I don't have to worry about it. But I know that what he did in that, in that moment, when she looked into that tomb, that tomb was the womb of a whole new, scintillizing, tantalizing, simmering with glory, beautiful, light place. That's what happened in that moment. Everywhere. Huh? You see, this emptiness that you feel is just a feeling because inside of you is the Spirit of Jesus. Inside of you is Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit on the inside of you, blowing His life through you, touching every part of you, you are alive. You are alive. Isn't it beautiful? Can't you just feel it right now? You see, I feel it as I say it. But do you feel it as I say it? Because it's all yours. You are alive today. Isn't it beautiful? This tomb was the womb of creation, birthing that which was present into the future. That's, that's what Jesus did. He birthed what was present into the future. 
everything that was future became now. Do you understand me? That's what happened with Jesus. Everything that was in the future, it now became in that moment. All available. Everything. The present future. Right here, right now. For you and me. Beautiful. In that glorious moment, a whole new creation was born. The promise of future and glory was already in progress. Dust to dust and ashes to ashes suddenly became glittering gold. Suddenly became the most incredible thing. You know, this there, when they go ashes to ashes and dust to dust, in the Father, everything becomes new in that moment. Everything. Of course, we, we, we just prayed for Tina's dad. And of course, there's a sadness when someone passes on. There's a sadness. Of course, there is. But listen to me. They know nothing about it. Because everything that is dust turns into absolute glory. Huh? Turns into glory. And even though we don't see it with these natural eyes, we can see it with the inner eyes. And when we give our ashes to Jesus, when we actually say to him dust to dust, ashes to ashes, actually it's the beginning of a whole new moment. They couldn't understand it because they were living in the light of eternity. They were living in light everywhere. They couldn't understand why they'd be so grieving. The gardener was going to take her ashes and create beauty from them. Let him take your ashes. Let him take your ashes. And I know there's some deep things. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what. My, my life is not normal. Or should I say it is normal, but it's supernaturally normal. So last night when I went to bed, something was going on in my spirit for you. But not just for you, for others. Others that I don't know not, not of. There may be some watching today. But for many others, something was happening in my spirit. I have no idea what was going on. But something was happening even as I was sleeping. And this happens often. You see, because Jesus, he... You know, if, if, if I desire to know him more and to love him more and to be with him more, if I desire that, you cannot imagine how much more he desires it. You understand me? The desire that I have for that is, is his desire in me. But I know that desire and it's so strong. And I know this morning we all turn up for church, but Jesus... He's already turned up on the inside of you. 
And he is longing for you to come into this glory. To experience, to know, to feel, to live in this glory in a different way. But we have to give him our ashes. You know, you might think you haven't got any ashes, but I tell you, you just have to ask him and he'll show you some. He'll show you some. Oh yeah, refreshing drink. Sounded nice. Can you do that again? Sounded lovely. Thank you, Lord. What about the disciples on the road to, to on the road to hot springs? What happened to them? Well, they poured out their hearts to him. And he poured out his heart into them. That's what happened. They poured their heart to him. He poured his out to them. And, and we know this. It says this. Now, I don't know if you heard this last week, but we had, we had that lovely Dutch, uh, the teachers here, didn't we? And right at the end, they had this desire to sing to us, abide with us. It was a beautiful song, wasn't it? They had this beautiful song, abide with us. And, and this is, at the end of this journey that the two disciples had with Jesus, the two on the Emmaus Road, it says, but they constrained him saying, abide with us, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. When I heard that song last week, I was going, Jesus is saying, abide with me. I want you to abide with me, in me. I already abide in you. But I want you to abide in me, to live in me, to know me, to flow out of me. He's already there. But we just have to become conscious of his presence on the inside of us. And that's different to a Sunday meeting. That's different to reading some scripture. That's different to praying some prayers. It's a different thing. It's living with him together, always. Becoming conscious that he is with us, whether it's a meeting or whether we're at Asda or whether we're at the coffee shop or where we might be but conscious of him all the time. They say to him, abide with us. And he says, I'll abide with you. I live in you. I love you. And it says, now it came to pass, he sat at the table with them, and he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him. They knew him. They'd been sharing with him. They'd been talking to him. He'd been talking with them. To be known is to be loved. And to be loved is to be known. They knew him. They conversed with him. They talked with him. This morning we'll all have some time to converse with him and talk with him. And love on him a little bit. And kiss him. Bless him. Every one of us is going to have some time this morning just together. To just love him. To kiss him. And to give what we have to give, but also receive from him. So their eyes were opened and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Because when they ate, it went in. When they ate, it went inside, and that was the message. 
I am the bread of life, and I am in you. And now, boys and girls, you can make bread as well. Because I am the life that you have eaten, and now you can make the bread and give it out. Because I live on the inside of you. Oneness, communion, togetherness. Mm. You can't be closer to him than you are right now. You just can't be closer to him. It's an impossibility. You might be going, oh yeah, but I really need to. No, you don't need to do anything. You just need to go, thank you, Jesus. You are here. We're going to have a little dance together. We're going to have a little song together. We're going to sing songs to each other. We're going to tell each other how much we love one another. Huh? Yeah, really? We're going to do that? Why not? Huh? For all that he's done to us and for us. It's beautiful. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? In other words, they were on this road called Hot Springs. They were on it. And Jesus began to talk. And suddenly in the heart, liquid fire. Liquid fire. What's that? What's that? Is he here again? Is Jesus here again? Who does this to us? Only Jesus does this. And suddenly inside, they begin to glow. They're getting warmer and warmer. And they're going, this can't be right. We've just lost our best friend. We're meant to feel disappointed. We're meant to feel sad. We're meant to be, we're meant to be down, downhearted. We're not, we're not meant to be like this. But they're getting more and more excited as they walk with them. Do you know, Rach, that when your dad, the last time that I saw your dad, you know what passage we were talking about? This very passage, talking about that. And we felt as though Jesus was walking with us on the road of Emmaus. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn with us while we talk, while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us? So they rose up that very hour. They rose up. Hang on a minute. When we last saw them, they were they were looking down high, they had no energy, they were going no place fast. They were probably as weary as they'd ever felt in their whole lives. They'd missed the best friend, lost all the dreams. And yet, just a few hours later, there's liquid fire flowing through them. And it says they rose up. Doesn't that sound familiar? That's what he does. Listen to me, that's what he does. That's what he wants to do this morning in you. That's what he wants to do. He wants to do that in this morning inside of you. But perhaps it's important that we give him our ashes. Huh? Because I think the re-energy, the revitalization, the renewal, the restoration, the rebuilding, that begins... As you give over, properly give over those ashes. Then we can get burning hot life. Burning hot life. So, just let's just pray right now.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. For your beautiful life, Lord, that is flowing inside our hearts right now, Lord. We did nothing, Lord, but you've done it all. You've done it all, Lord. And we give our hearts permission to feel, to think, to flow in ways that we've never experienced before, Lord. We say, Lord, that we want those streams of living water to flow through us like refreshing streams, Lord. Lord, that flow from our hearts right up and into our minds, Lord. That would be so powerful, Lord, that this life, this hot, burning, fluid, golden, glorious life, Lord, that is within us, Lord, would flow and begin to do something momentous on the inside of us, Lord. Lord, there's no one else to go to. We have no one else to go to, Jesus. We have you. And we don't need anyone else, Lord. So, Father, as we come to you, as we come, Lord, this morning, and perhaps some of us need to give our ashes to you, Lord, properly just give them to you, Jesus. And as we light candles, Father, we just, we think of light and glory just filling everything, Lord. Light and glory, Father, filling any vacuums. Light and glory, filling any places that have been dark and heavy, Father. We just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Angela, will you just come and just share a little bit about this here then? Okay, can you hear me? Okay. Um, right, so um, as you know probably by now, this is a pot of ashes. So I'm going to explain about ashes um, from a garden point of view, of course. So ashes contain potassium, which is a nutrient that plants need to produce a good harvest of fruit and flowers. So if you think tomato plants, for those of you who grow tomatoes, You've got to give tomatoes, tomato food, which contains a really high um, amount of potassium. And that's why you get your fruit. You, you won't get much fruit if you don't give them the right nutrient. So what we're going to do with the ashes, um, we're going to sprinkle the ashes around. Um, we take a spoonful each and sprinkle the ashes around the plant. Because what we're doing with the ashes, as Paul's already said, we're going to be feeding the plants because the plants themselves then... Um, it will continue to give a good harvest. Um, so in terms of you know, what we're talking about today, um, if you give up your ashes, um, ashes of the past, of things that have happened, um, especially over this last few years, or that we've all, I'm sure, we've got plenty of ashes we can be giving up. Um, if you give up your ashes, those things are not actually wasted. Those things are actually used to feed the future, to feed your, fu your future fruitful harvest. Um, so you're going to be exchanging beauty for ashes. 
So once you've given up your ashes and you sprinkle them just a little bit round, then if you take um, a glass marble, just take one of these. Um, this is an exchange for the ashes. But the little marbles, if you hold them up to the light, they actually are full of light. They're like a little, a little glob of light. So you're actually exchanging something beautiful, something that's full of light, for something that is essentially darkness of death. So you're giving up your ashes, feeding your, your present plant to get a future harvest and exchanging it for a beautiful little thing of light. And then my thoughts were, obviously, if you keep it somewhere where you can see it, then you can. it's like a reminder of what we've actually done today. So you remember that you've given up your ashes. But it's not something with plants, If you, with tomatoes, for example, you, you don't just feed them once. You've got to continuously keep giving them the right nutrients, the right food, so that they will continue to produce a good harvest. So if you get things in daily life, as I'm sure it's not just a one-off thing, um, as you give your ashes continuously to God, if little things come along each day, you know, as you're going along through life, just keep, keep giving your ashes to Jesus, who is the gardener, um, as it's been said, and then he will then convert those into the food which will feed your, your fruitful um, harvest for the future. So, so that's what we're doing, basically. Okay, so the other thing you can do, you can grab a candle. Now, these are all just ways to help you respond to what we've been talking about this morning and for a, for a few moments. Because, in truth, the exchange has already happened. It's already happened. In Jesus, it's already done. It's already happened. It's already there. Which means all you have to do is activate what God's already done. So these are just ways that might help you activate that exchange. Now, you might not need to do any of those things. You might be able to do that where you're sat by talking to him. You might want to just do the ashes. You might want to just do the candles. You might want to do the whole, whole shop lot. That's up to you. But this is just a moment for you to activate that and you to go, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this now. Now, a couple of things before we get in away. Sometimes when we talk about these things, it feels too big feels too heavy, feels too dark, feels too weighty. But here's the thing, his grace is always enough. And I've known times when God actually uses other people to feel the weight of it. So the weight gets felt even though you might not even feel it. But what your job is not really to worry about the weight, it's to go, okay, I'm going to do something in faith to give over those ashes. And so right now, if you have a mixture of fear and excitement in your heart, that tells you you're right on the edge. If that's you right now, whether you're watching us at home now or later, or whether you're in this house, 
There's a mixture of fear and excitement. That's your spirit going, I'm ready for this exchange to take place. And all you have to do is activate. So we're going to play some music in a moment. And as we do that, the, uh, the camera's going to go off as well. So nobody's going to see anything that goes on in this house. And the music will keep playing online. We just want to respect the privacy of people who are responding in the house. So you are free. And, and lastly, this all happens in your spirit, not your soul. Your soul's where you feel it. Your spirit's where God lives. So we're not going to worry about what we feel. We're just going to know, okay, I know there's something there. And then once you've done this, we're just going to sit back down and thank him. Because that's what it means to be in faith. Whatever we feel or don't feel. We're going to thank him. Just you in your own way, be with him and thank him. Because I can assure you 100% that when you bring your ashes to Jesus, I have never in my entire life, and I've brought some big piles of ashes to him, I have never, ever not had an exchange. Ever. And I can promise you that you're going to get one. I don't know what that means or what it looks like. I don't know whether you're going to feel anything or feel nothing, but I know that he will give you something back. All right, do you want to play that? Yeah. Okay. So in your own time, in your own place, just be aware of other people around you. You can scatter the ashes around here, take a thing. You might want to light multiple candles. That's fine. We've got plenty. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know who chose the piece of music this morning. Um, it was written by uh, Rafe Vaughan Williams in 1914. And Vaughan Williams served in the war. And the music was shaped by the battlefield. It wasn't published until 1920 when Vaughan Williams had rewritten it. Literally, the horrors of war the ashes, the devastation brought that be beautiful piece of music that's touched thousands of lives. Reminds us that out of the, the horror, the ashes can come beauty. Okay. All right. He's not finished yet. Keep playing it, Simon. This, this is the reality of Jesus. These are not just words on a page. This is the reality of a transformed life with Jesus. Not just as a one-off moment in a meeting, but every day. It's possible to have this every day. You've just got to live it like this. You don't need to wait next time for those things that took you years to give over. Because you know what to do now. 
We don't need another special meeting next time. Just imagine. Just imagine if this became a way of life. And that you only ever carried ashes for days and weeks. Rather than months and years and decades. I can tell you right now it's beautiful. We want to say thank you. We want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts, Lord. That you were true to your word. And Lord, we believe and we thank you for all the exchange that has taken place this morning. The exchange that will take place as people watch this later, Father. We want to thank you, Lord. And I want to thank you for the seeds of joy that are starting to grow up through the soil, Father. I want to thank you for the seeds of release and freedom that are growing up through the soil, Father. For the release and seeds of comfort and provision and joy and beauty and praise. All those seeds that are growing up in our hearts, Father. We say thank you, Lord. And we thank you now that they will turn not just from to seeds, but they will be called oaks, and they will be a planting of you, and they will be for the display of your splendor. Amen.